Hey everybody, it's Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, with another episode of Hashtag Hey19, right here on NRM Streamcast. And again, thank you to the staff there at, or the team at NRM Streamcast. Man, I'm so honored to be on your platform, being able to hang out with you. David's back in the studio, so David, thank you so much for, for putting everything together. And on the other end with me right now is Rowan Pickering again. Rowan, what's up, buddy? I feel it has been forever. I mean, geez. <laughs> hey, Rowan. Hey, guess what? I I, I know that we, we were just uh, having Mark call in, so I hope he's on the line right now. So, Mark, are you there? I am. Yes, sir. There it is. Mark Lamb from Live PD on A&E. Man, I am so excited to to have a few minutes with you with and your good friend Rowan's on, you know, on here as well. So I, I thank you so much for taking time and hanging out with us. Oh, thanks for having me on. So are, are you are you in the office right now? Are you in a squad car? Are you on your way to New York? What, like, what are you doing right now? Believe it or not, I'm in the office right now. Awesome. Well, hey, listen, I know that I only have a couple minutes with you. I, I got to ask, Mark, you know, you know, as, as a young man, as a young man, we grow up as boys and girls and, and we want to be police officers or firefighters. Why? Why did you become a police officer? I mean, was it something that 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 your family's involved with? Is it something that that you fell into? At what age did you realize, hey, you know what? I want to be a police officer. Uh, probably at 33, <laughs> you know, I Wait never had thought about being a police officer. I was not one of those kids. I did want to be in the army. Uh, loved GI Joe. That's what I wanted to be. Next thing you know, I was married with five kids. And so I missed that kind of calling, but, um, it wasn't until I did a ride along with the neighbor. He convinced me to go on a ride along and I did. And I came home that night or that morning after a night long ride along on the res and uh, I said to my wife, I said, I want to be a cop. So within a few months, I was on my way to being a cop. So did you have to go through the academy and everything at 33 years old? By the time I went through the academy, I think it was 34 years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so let me ask you this then. With, with everything going on right now, with it, you know, with, with the virus and stuff like that, how are you dealing with it, being a sheriff in Arizona? I mean, I, I think the last time I read you had over 650 employees that you're dealing with on a daily basis, trying to keep everybody safe, trying to keep you know, everybody in, 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 the, in the county safe. How are you dealing with all this? We're, we're doing good. I mean, honestly... I, I, I'm just going to be brutally honest. Um, we're frustrated. We're frustrated with where this has gone. I don't know, at least in Arizona, the numbers don't support, you know, the reaction that we've had, some of the measures we've taken in the country. We've been, we've worked hard to follow CDC guidelines, do all of that, but uh, we're definitely frustrated. We think we need to get this open back up, get people back to work. That is truly what we're faced with. The coronavirus is one thing. The decisions we've made in this country have affected everybody. We've put a lot of people out of work, and uh, that, those present public safety issues for us. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know, a lot of people, including myself, like I, I see you as a you know character on TV. Well, not a character, but yourself on TV. But you were born and raised in Hawaii. I want to know how a man is born and raised in Hawaii and ends up in Arizona. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> my dad was actually a... Um, my dad was a graduate of Thunderbird Business College, which is probably one of the more one of the premier business colleges, international business colleges in this country. And so he just fell in love with being overseas. Before I was born, I think they lived in Trinidad and Tobago. And then after that, we moved to the Philippines and Panama. And so, yeah, I've spent a lot of time outside the country. Wow, that's pretty cool. And speaking of that, something I read today that I thought was amazing. When you were 19 years old, you served in a mission trip with your church. Talk a little bit about that and, and let the, the uh, listeners and the watchers know exactly where you went, how you did it, and why you did it at 19. You know, this was something that, you know, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's kind of instilled in us and as young kids that we are going to serve missions, and that's something I looked forward to. To be honest with you, that was what kept me on the straight and narrow through high school, making good decisions, well, at least the best decisions I could. Um, I was still a teenager, so I'm sure I still made plenty of dumb ones, too. But that, that's what got me to that point, and... Uh, I, as soon as I turned 19, I put in my papers and was received a call to serve in Argentina, Buenos Aires. So I served as a missionary in Buenos Aires, Argentina for two years. And best experience of my life. It, it really, I think, at a young age, it gets you, teaches you how to learn how to live with other people, teaches you how to tr manage your finances, um, be out in another country. And, and really, it gives you a, a, such a tremendous appreciation for America, freedom, the Constitution. Uh, you know, I love those other countries I've lived in, but there's nothing like being here in America. And, and then something else that I thought was just so cool is you are fluent in Spanish. That's right. I am. Yes. So, so I, uh, do you, you think... know, and it kind of, it kind of, I learned, off, like they say in Spanish, I learned a fuerza. I mean, I my first companion that I had in Argentina was Argentine, didn't speak a lick of English. And uh, so I I had to learn by force down in Argentina, and it, and it stuck with me, and I learned it fairly quick. And the fact that my family lived in Panama helped me kind of retain it, and it's been valuable from, in my life ever since. Mark, you know, I, I always talk about, you know, living the outstanding life and we need to stand out in, within ourselves. Do you think that that is a, um, do you think that it would help somebody to learn a different language, to be bilingual? Like, you know, if you have two police officers and, and one is bilingual and one is not, you know, the other one, you know, being bilingual really, really helps you. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. It absolutely helps, with, yeah. With, with whatever you do in life. Yeah, being bilingual has been such a benefit in my life. Uh, you learn you learn just so much uh, from other cultures. That helps me. And now, in our job, obviously, if you're bilingual here in Arizona, especially in our county, it's a huge plus. Now, we'll take anybody who's qualified, whether you speak Spanish or not. But being having somebody that being able to hire somebody that speaks Spanish 
is going to be a huge benefit because we do have a, a population of, of people here that either speak very limited uh, English or no English at all. Hey, Mark, this is Rowan. Um, one of hey, the Rowan. things I was, uh, you know, you were just talking about how uh, your trip, um, you know, with your mission and everything kind of really guided you as a, as a teenager and kept you kind of on the on the straight and narrow. One of the things that you and I have talked about, um, you know, I was raised in Austin and out in the country, and I've always had a really great respect for uh, law enforcement because the officers that lived out there or worked out there, uh, it was more about helping the community. It wasn't about, you know, jail time or this or that. And one of the great um, uh, programs that you've developed, um, if you would talk about it, kind of the um, with the teenagers, uh, giving them that opportunity kind of uh, to do some uh, time with you during class time. Can you can you talk about that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, bro. I mean, you're familiar with it. And I, for those of you who don't know, Rowan's an amazing guy. He's been a great friend. Um, but yeah, this being able to help these youth, I got tired of seeing these youth uh, get in trouble at an early age. And I think the mental state where you, if you're 15 and you get in trouble, let's say you get arrested and charged with possession of marijuana, you kind of set something in their minds that they're not a good kid. And so what we found is that being able to uh, get these kids off of that, give them a chance to rectify this without being charged, without actually being arrested. And so what my deputies can do is say, hey, look, we're not going to arrest you. We're going to put you through uh, the Sheriff's Redirection Program. I do four classes and eight hours of community service. The classes are goal setting and planning, digital media, social media, sexting, the dangers of it, uh, the dangers of drugs and alcohol, and then we do a career night. The whole program is designed not to be as much punitive as it is enlightening, teaching these kids that they can be better, that, that we do care in law enforcement. There are people out there that care. And then the eight hours of community service, we do horse therapy. So they go shovel some crap, and then they uh, help take care of the horses on Saturdays. And this program, we've had, I think, probably 80 kids come through the program, and we're working on some recidivism numbers, but I, I think I've only had one or two kids that have actually gotten in trouble after that. Um, the majority of them have truly changed their behavior and the way they they have uh, the direction that their life was going. And I'm not going to say it's 100% us, but just giving those kids a chance, showing them that you care, uh, may, sending them a message that they're not bad. We always talk about, we always drag out the positives, their qualities, and uh, the program has been a tremendous success. And the parents love it, too, because it's not punitive on the parents either, and it gives their ch their children a chance to, to really kind of uh, make changes in their lives. And, and you've told me that some of the kids will even ask to come back and, and visit. Oh, yeah, we've had... A lot of the kids will continue to come to the horse therapy, and uh, a lot of the kids have continued to come back to the class. And a lot of the parents, when their kid kind of struggles a little bit, will send them back to my class, and uh, that's been very beneficial as well. And it's a mentorship program as well, so you don't actually have to get in trouble. If you have a parent who uh, maybe a single mom or somebody that's struggling uh, with these kids, they can send them to our class and and we try to help them as much as we can. And really, it's just positive interaction with law enforcement, positive male role models, um, and just 
really trying to build them up as opposed to tearing them down. And, hey, and Mark, then when did you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Rowan. No, no, no. I was just going to ask, I was just going to ask, when did you start American Sheriff Foundation? So I started, I knew I wanted to do it before I'd even become sheriff. I just didn't know what I would call it. And, uh, spent the first year doing, you know, sheriffing. And towards the end of the first year, I was trying to figure out what I was going to call my charity and what our purpose would be. And I just really knew that we needed to do more to bridge the gap between communities and law enforcement, and especially through service, getting police officers doing service for other people in the community. Um, and so I got online, started looking at different websites that were available, and I found American Sheriff. And I thought it was appropriate, and it's designed really to just show people in this country, not just me, what other sheriffs do, how, what an integral part we play in our community, and in not only um, protecting those communities, but also in protecting the Constitution uh, and being an integral part of kids and schools and every part, every facet of a community. Hey, Johnny, you know, you and I are so busy all the time. There is one person, and, and I'm going to shoot this back to Johnny. Sorry, Johnny, to keep it. But, you know, I swear to you, Mark and I have challenges on who's busier any certain day of the week. You know, right now it's been we're, we're, we're kind of keeping it local, but normally it's what plane are we on and where are we going? So yeah. just like yeah. you, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, no, Mark, you know, this question, though, uh, that was going to be, you know, starting to be my next question. And and, and be, Mark, be, before I ask this question to you from social media, I, you know, we we surround ourselves with good people. And just like with me, I, I, want, I want to put a shout out to Angel and David in the studios right now putting this show together. So I can't thank you, NRM Streamcast, for allowing me to be able to hang out with Mark Lane and, and Rowan Pickering. You know, so guys back in the studio, thank you so much for putting this all together. Um, Mark, um, this just came in on social media. Someone is watching and, and they just... Um, sent me a message and they wanted to know what were you like as a kid? We, we, we just got talk, talking about, you know, kids getting in trouble and mentoring and stuff like that. They want to know what was Mark like when he was a kid? Uh, you know, I've, if anybody watches me, knows me, I'm always smiling, happy go. I've always been like that. I did have a temper. I've had to learn how to, to really bridle that over the years and life tends to whip that out of you. And, uh, I also believe that calmness is power. And so I've really had to, you know, kind of rein that in over the years. And that was one of the concerns I had when I became a cop is would I be able to control my temper? Um, and you know, just being able to do this job long enough, I've never had an issue where I've lost my temper and it put me in a predicament. So other than that, I was pretty, uh, pretty boring on the sense that I didn't really do a lot. I never in my life, I've never smoked. I've never tried any drugs. I've never had a sip of alcohol. I've never drank coffee. My mom would leave for two, three months at a time because my dad and my mom were living in Panama. So my mom would bounce back and forth. Well, when I was in high school, she would leave for two, three months at a time. And my sister and I would just be there and I'd go to school every day and go to church every Sunday and do all the things I was supposed to do. So I don't know. If, I, I, I'm sure I've, I had my share of mistakes and did stupid things, but for the most part, I was a pretty good and obedient kid. 
That's awesome, Mark. And you're used to this whole live show thing. And another question just came in right now. And I'm just wondering if this was a police officer that that is just sent me the message. And that was, have you always been a leader, Mark? Or did you have to learn how to be a leader when you got to be a sheriff? Man, that's a great question. Um, I want to believe, you know, my grandpa, when I was a kid, he used to call me the Pied Piper. He's like, you're the Pied Piper. People just tend to follow you. And so I would, I, I truly do believe that just naturally I've been given some God-given gifts to, to understand some of the principles of leadership. But I've also, you know, during, in church callings, uh, uh, schools, um, I was, you know, on my mission, just different times. I've always held positions of leadership. And so, yeah, I've, it's always been kind of a, a talent or a blessing that I've been, you know, had. But nonetheless, anytime you have something like that, you always have to continue to work at it and own it. I've spent a lot of time reading books. I'm, I listen and watch other people I, that I, I glean different um, characteristics, leadership characteristics they may have and try to apply those in my life. I am not a person who, um, I don't really have somebody, uh, any idols or anybody that I really look up to. I just really just take from different people, different characteristics and different traits that they have. And that's what I've done through leadership is I've liked and seen how, uh, you know, maybe this is guy does this and it's very successful and I'll, I'll apply that in my leadership style as well. So yeah, it's an you ongoing know, process. I I still have a lot to learn and want to be a much better leader than I am. Mark, have you ever put Rowan in the squad car and did a ride along with him? You know what? We have not. We need to get that done. You know, yeah, Rowan not, is no, busy. That, Rowan's always gone. Rowan, right? I'm going to come out, Rowan. I'm going to come out to Arizona and do the do that part of Rowan. I will be in the back of the squad car with you. <laughs> Let's Perfect. Do it. <laughs> so 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 mark how did it happen that 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 you became a character on live pd so when i first took office live pd was fairly new and they they approached us and they said hey they're looking this this show live pd is looking for agencies but i had just taken office i was like a baby deer on ice you know i was still trying to figure out <laughs> you know how this whole thing worked and so I said, you know, it's not a good time right now. Uh, maybe we can do this down the road. So we got six months. We got through our first budget. Um, and then we said, I actually was in a training. I left Colorado for a national sheriff's uh, training. And while I was there, I told my people, I said, hey, reach out to Live PD. That was on a Monday. By Friday, Live PD was here with the camera crew. That's how fast it went. I wasn't even back from Colorado yet. And they were here already. Um, and then through that, I had done a lot of interviews on different, because uh, we are a 287G jail, which means that we work with ICE. And so because of that, when I took office and when President Trump took office, we had a lot of media sources coming here and wanting to know more about it and know about the their immigration and border. And do from that, um, the producers of 60 Days In saw us and thought we would be a good jail. And I'm one of the risks. I'm a risk taker. And I'm an outside the box thinker. I think if you do it the same as everybody else, then you're going to get the same result as everybody else. 
Um, so I've Amen. always looked to push, push the envelope, find different ways to do this. I'm a marketer, I'm a businessman, and I think that that we've pushed long this at least our sheriff's office. We've tried to brand it, market it, tried to make it a good place where people want to come and be part of it. So we've done shows like 60 Days In, and then they approached me of Live PD Wanted. And once again, I don't, I don't look at opportunities and let them go by because I, I think that if you do that, God stops sending you opportunities. Uh, then you have to work Amen, hard to brother. get back in the graces. So whether they are, and nothing, timing never works. For all those listeners out there, if you are waiting for the right time to do something, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to show up. Very rarely does the line of time and opportunity intersect. It's like two squiggly lines, and every now and then they intersect for a split second, and usually you miss those. So more often than not, they're on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Time. And hey, time. Mark, I have a lot. Um, well, sorry, ahead, Rowan. Hey, Mark, uh, yesterday when you and I were talking, um, we were on the phone. Now, Mark was driving his truck, and uh, you could hear this. I-, I could hear it in the background. There was somebody in the car next to him saying, uh, and just literally because the whole community <laughs> loves Mark, and is they're literally like, the person in front of me, I don't think should be driving right now. Something's going on, and and literally, uh, you know, Mark's like, okay, well, I'll pull in front of you and follows this person. And uh, I, I don't know the rest of the story, don't need to know the rest of the story, but um, was the, what would be the, do you have a funny story or a story you could share about when you pulled somebody over? Oh, you know what story I'm going to tell. <laughs> I was hoping you would. <laughs> I was on the phone with Rowan, and honestly, I had had a long day. I mean, my Saturdays are typically five, six events. And, you know, I always have a smile on my face, but that's not to say that I always want to go to every event. You know, there's times you just want to sit at home and you just want to take a break, and unfortunately, you can't. And so I had left for this event, and uh, I pulled out of the street where I live, and Next thing you know, I see this car, this Corvette, just like right on my butt. And I knew that I didn't pull out in front of anybody because I had looked. Well, next thing you know, it's a double yellow. This guy just buzzes my tower, passes me in a double yellow, and cuts me off. And so I drive a unmarked, um, lifted Chevy truck. Maybe you can kind of tell it's a cop car. So I, I'm on the phone with Rowan, and I'm like, oh, no, Rowan, I got to let you go. I got to stop this guy. <laughs> and so I pull, I flip my lights on. I pull the guy over, and I walk up to the car, and I'm like, man, what's your problem? And he's like, what's your problem? He pulled out in front of me, and we just start going at it. And uh, I was like, I said, you know what? You were way back there. So if I pulled out in front of you, it's because you're speeding. And we just going back and forth. And uh, I said, you know, give me your license registration. And he hands me the license. I snatch it out of his hand. And he's like, you don't have to snatch it out of my hand like that. And I said, listen here. And he goes, you know what? I'm sorry. And it kind of threw me off. And um, I said, well, listen, I didn't pull out in front of you. And he goes, look, look, I'm sorry. And I said, you know what? I'm sorry, too. I said, you know what? I shouldn't have snatched the license out of your hand. And uh, and it's a it's a biker guy. He's a big old beard, and he's got tattoos. And, and uh, he goes, you know what? Can I get out of the car? And I still don't know what his intentions are. So I said, yeah, you can get out of the car. 
so he gets out of his car and I'm kind of bladed off because I just still don't know what, you know, bladed off means I'm kind of at an angle, at a stand. So, you know, if I were to have to get in a fight that I I was in that posture and gets out of the car and he looks at me and he says, can I give you a hug? <laughs> wow. And I said, yeah, that's sure. cool. So the guy gives me you a know, hug and get him back in the car. So. <laughs> so did you write him a ticket? No, no. Honestly, you know what I said to the guys? I said, listen, sometimes life has a way of, of chilling us out. You know, we don't. I said, who's to say? we Because he was having a bad day, too. And he looked at me, and, he, and we both kind of talked about it. And I said, look, you could have gone down the road, and I could have gone down the road, and maybe we would have gotten involved in accidents or whatever because we're both a little uh, little hot under the collar today. And I said, this is our reminder that, you know, to just take it easy, take a deep breath. There's nothing to be angry about. And uh, so we both kind of went on our way, and he invited me over for a barbecue. I haven't been able to make it over there yet, but, yeah, it was an interesting traffic stop. I've had a lot of them, though. That was the most recent one. Though. <laughs> Sheriff Mark Lamb, I, I have to ask you this question. And, and as as men, women, boys, girls, we look at you police officers like modern day superheroes. How how do you as a person, are you the same guy in that squad car as you are at home? You got to make yes. it quick because we only got a half, about a half a minute. Yes, I am. Now, obviously, that you know, home is where I can let my guard down. So my wife's going to see a, spy, a side of me that most people won't. Um, but for the most part, I am the same person. Um, I'm always smiling. I'm, I just don't change. And I feel like that's the biggest thing is be authentic. Be yourself. And that's the easiest thing to remember. And people are hungry for people who are authentic in this country. Hey, Mark, real sure, quick, Mark, I know your show is on New Time now, right? F Friday night, and uh, they can go to American Sheriff as well, and then uh, Sheriff Lamb, right? Is that yes. where, the, where would they yeah. find you? SheriffLamb.com on Facebook, it's Sheriff Lamb. On Instagram, it's American Sheriff. And then my charity is AmericanSheriff.org. And thank you guys for having me on today. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thank you so much, Sheriff. I appreciate you. Mark Lamb, Rowan Pickering, thank you guys so much. This is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. And don't forget to check out all the shows at nrmstreamcast.com. We'll see you next time right here.